gentlemen, welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop Season 5, Episode 14. Rylan Turner here, and he's back! Kyle Joseph, welcome back to the show. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back. I have been doing... Oh, uh, work has been a lot recently, but uh, I'm glad to be back into this and, yeah, doing the weekly again. It's exciting. Absolutely. Um, Kyle, we start this show every or every week the same way. Why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to this show how we do that? Well, it is by talking about the news of the wrestling week, and we do that in a segment we like to call the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's a Wednesday night roundup. So this is like late breaking stuff uh, coming to (laughs) us during the show. And it's unfortunately some really sad news. Uh, We have learned of the passing of the great WWE Hall of Famer superstar Billy Graham. Um, Rylan... Like, to call Billy Graham a legendary figure in in wrestling is, I think, a, even an understatement. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who spent a, a good period of the 70s at the top of his game. Um, uh, you, you know, a, a figure who throughout time has come in and out of the business. And um, while he's definitely had controversial takes on things and and, and, and what have you, uh, the, the steroid stuff, like he he uh, he attributed a lot of the problems that he had health wise to, uh, you know, prolonged steroid use and and advocated against it at the end of his uh, uh, life. It, this is again, like you said, uh, it's an understatement calling this guy a legend, and, and uh, it's it's very very sad that this is what's happened. Yeah. Um... He, the thing about him is that he wasn't. It wasn't just that he was a, an important figure in terms of his influence in the wrestling world or his you know own personal wrestling experience. He's an important figure in terms of his his figure as as an influencer over other wrestlers. Like you know, so many guys talked about having their their wrestling you know being having Billy Graham is sort of the basis for what they're trying to do Hulk Hogan obviously is very rooted in, in superstar Billy Graham you can see the real straight line between those two if I'm not mistaken it, Billy Graham was Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler I believe so yes and like that's a that's a huge sign of, of respect certainly Obviously, we can, you know, it is, it's a, it's a sad, uh, thing to see that he has passed. He's been battling with health issues for a very long time. And of course, uh, have to give the greatest respect to his, his wife and children survive him. And it's, yeah, it was, it would have been, it was three weeks before he was 80. And, he will be obviously sorely missed in the wrestling community. Had some tethers to Canada too. Was trained by Stu Hart. Was a uh, a tryout for CFL. Like yeah, and obviously you know all over the territories during the the territory days and the start of the WWF. 
Yeah, I don't have too much more to say. I'm kind of rambling at this point. Uh, I, I, he'd be a guy who I'd love to see like an ESPN 30 for 30 on. Hmm. That's the thing is like you look at how many wrestlers look at superstar Billy Graham as, you know, as that big influence. It would be interesting to see what people, and it's already started to come out. This only happened very, very recently, but already we're starting to see an outpouring of, of support on, on Twitter and things from all of the, the wrestlers of yore who are, you know, celebrating what he was able to do, what he accomplished, Ric Flair among them, you know, not surprising at all. No, absolutely not. We will move along. Hard to do to anything, unfortunately, but we're going to keep doing this. Wembley is happening. AEW is doing a show at Wembley Stadium, and so far ticket sales have been pretty good. Tony Khan announced that ticket sales were over 60,000 so far and counting. Rylan, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Well, this is a story that broke like a couple weeks ago, obviously, and I I wanted to save this to talk uh, talk about it with you, but um, this is, I think, way above expectations for uh, like a company that is I mean, we're talking under five years old and whether or not, you know, they have network television um, or sorry, cable television time slots in the U.S. or or not like this, I think is a really, really big deal. Like it's a completely different market and people are are, are making an effort to go out to see the show. Yeah, it's clear that this is a big, big deal for a lot of people, obviously all in. Not until August, so you know it's easy to imagine that there can be a lot more ticket sales as we continue to go there. But, right. Well, it's it's the end of August is when this show is happening, so who knows what will come of that? But yeah, it's it's very exciting to see, and it's I think it's as much a sign of AEW's viability as a major player in the wrestling industry, which you know I think at this point is hard to doubt, but it's also a showing that. London is an underserved market. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting. It's hard for me to not look at what happened with NXT UK, where they snapped up a lot of that indie talent in the, uh, the and put them in the WWE system. And now that it's gone, I do think there's a bit of a hole there that the, you know, the indie companies are doing their best to fill, but I do think there is a hunger for this kind of wrestling. And looking at this show leads me to believe that WWE can and definitely should do a major show in London as well and in the near future. Well, are they not are they not doing the O2 arena for Money in the Bank? Uh, actually, I think you're right about that. I forgot about this. This is uh, talk about underserved market. They're getting two back to back bangers. Uh, you are correct. The O2, uh, O2 Arena is getting money in the bank. That is, I mean, I'll say this. I am surprised, and I guess they've come to the conclusion that Money in the Bank should be a an arena event rather than a stadium event. But I don't know that I agree with that, especially in London. I feel like they could have done a stadium. Yeah, I agree. I think that that was the initial plan, but they uh, eventually, you know, decided on the O2 Arena. Well, and that was the the original plan last time we know, as we know, that this was supposed to be in Vegas last year. They ended up doing the MGM Grand instead of uh, the football stadium there. But 
yeah, I, I do think all of this is sort of a sign that England is is a seriously viable place for these kinds of wrestling shows. And I think annually or semi-annually, we should be serving them with a pretty big story, a pretty big deal event. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is... Uh... Like I, all these people who doubt AEW and and what they can achieve, and they, every time they go out and they they overachieve, every time we watch them on pay per view, it's always a great show. Uh, this is going to be something special, I think. I agree. I'm very much looking forward to and like to get to hear that crowd, and you know you start to think about some of the people who could be involved in it. Like I'm hoping that we're probably, if I had to guess building towards, and we'll get to it in the show, Jamie Hayter and Soraya at O2. I think that's going to be massive pops for everybody involved. Like, yeah. You will, try to build up a few of those hometown pops is my, is my point. Right, definitely. Anyway, we'll move right along to the next piece, which is that it seems to be confirmation has been made that a new Saturday TV show is coming to AEW. AEW Collision is officially announced for TNT be broadcasting on Saturdays and they announced some shows on our actual Dynamite show tonight that some of the earliest shows for Collision are happening are the shows that are happening in Canada yeah uh, exciting stuff all these shows who were that were listed as house shows have now switched to Collisions and yeah there's a, the big the, the big tour for Canada I'll just see if I can pull up all the events we have obviously the show in Brant Center in Regina. I don't know if the Calgary show has been announced as a collision, but I feel like it's going to be. Okay. The show in Hamilton, uh, the show in Toronto, or no, not the show in Toronto. The show in Toronto is uh, Double or Nothing. No. Forbidden sorry. Door. Forbidden Door, yes. And, and then they're, they're with Prudential Center, which that's a, you know, pretty substantial arena. To be doing a television show in, that's pretty impressive. Like, that's a, you know, the Devil's Stadium. That's a, a legit hockey arena. So, good on them for, for trying to put this together and for really, you know, pushing for the, the Saturday show. I think it's going to be interesting. I also think we are seeing the slow demise of, of AEW Rampage. Uh, not sure if yes. you agree with that. I, I 100%. I 100% agree with that. I think it's maybe a year from now, Rampage is done. I, I will say, I got to ask, Kyle, uh, the comparison between AEW Saturday Collision and WCW Monday Nitro side by side, what are your thoughts? It's not surprising. Like, So let's, let's be honest. The TNT branding has been the same. The color scheme has been the same. The... The logo is very similar to what it was like. It's not super surprising that there is some crossover. Again, it's the red and yellow. There's only so many ways you can kind of do that. The TNT logo is very similar to what it used to be like. Yeah. I don't get too tied up in a lot of that type of stuff, but like, I will say this. AEW has not really made a big secret about the fact that there is WCW inspiration in what they do. Absolutely. Like, and I think uh, like all the best parts of WCW are, are things that we see in AEW. Yes. And so far, we have avoided most of the major traps with <laughs> WCW. Not all of them. <laughs> no, not, not all of them. 
It's hard so, to avoid all of them, Kyle. We'll see. Like, I mean, as much as I have concerns about his ability to do all of this, and Lord, this schedule is only going to be getting worse. Tony Khan is the person in charge in a way that WCW, their probably biggest problem in the in the past was that they didn't have a single person in charge. Right. Right. We'll move along. Last bit of news that we need to talk about. Apparently CM Punk said something on Instagram. Do you want to... Oh, do you want me to pull this shit up? Uh, no, like... just you can talk about what happened. I'm just sort of, I'll react to it, but I have no, you know. It, I mean, honestly, it, 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 I, I'm not going to even get it. it it's just the, the typical CM Punk stuff that he's been doing on Instagram after a report comes out about him. Um, and, like, look, I'll say this. I think at this point, for me, like, it's... It feels more and more like this is, you know, him drumming up um, eyeballs for collision. Uh, the reason I feel like that is just it's all the things he's doing. He's showing up backstage at Raw. He, he he's showing up uh, at Impact. He's he's going to all these uh, indie shows and and going to, and watching New Japan and and all that stuff. And uh, like, look. I think this guy understands that he's popular. I think he understands that there's a segment of this wrestling fan base that really, really loves him and will watch him do anything. And I think to keep himself as relevant as possible, he's going to go out there and he's just going to, you know, say what he wants and give his opinion on, on what whatever. And uh, people are going to pay attention to it. And, and ultimately, like, I know that we, we do, me, you and I disagree to a degree that this guy's a draw. But I honestly think that, like, I think if, if he comes back and business goes back to the way it was while he was there, I, I certainly think that, um, that there's, there's more to be said about this guy's a star power. This is silly. This whole thing is very, very silly. That's sort of how I feel about it with CM Punk right now. It's like... He's... I don't think he showed up to Raw to try to drum up interest for Collision. I think he just goes to wrestling shows that are in Chicago. Like... I, <laughs> I think that's... No, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I think that was my favorite tweet. It's like, uh, Punk will just go to every wrestling show that happens in Chicago this weekend. Sure, why not? Like, you know, he has people in the wrestling business, especially now that he's back into it, that he's probably made connections with. He clearly seems to have people who still love him uh, in the wrestling industry. No surprise, really. You know, lots of wrestlers have a lot of close personal relationships. And the idea of, like, you know, WWE and AEW being separate is only in the minds of the types of fans who continue to push that kind of a narrative. The wrestlers don't care about this stuff. They so don't. I do think that with AEW moving towards the stuff with Collision, I think that whatever's happening with this... I don't think CM Punk is helping by doing any of this. If this is, I personally don't believe that he is trying to drum up support. I don't believe that any of this is whatever. This behavior is consistent with what Phil is about and what he's been about. So 
Does it surprise me that he's, you know, coming out on Twitter attacking Brian Alvarez? No, that's that's just sort of what he does. And I am I, I've made my you know opinion about this very clear. I'm over it. I'm very, very over it. And at this point, my only interest in CM Punk at this point is kind of just like what he's going to be willing and able to do in the ring. If he is going to be returning to this, then hopefully, you know, Collision can be a show where they've got a roster that can be centered around him. He can put some new talent over whatever they want to do over there. That's fine. I will probably watch some of it because I do like some of the wrestlers that seem to be headed in that direction. But I also don't think they are clear and totally determine what they're doing like i'll say this i understand the motivation but it would be a shame for a lot of the canadian stops on this tour to not have the, the kenny omega on them that's that's true that's true i mean i, like, I know, but i do feel like you can you can sneak them on to some of these shows i mean we'll we'll see what what's what what the punk situation really like fully leads to but like i feel like we can get some of these canadian guys on these shows it makes the most sense i think the big thing for me with all of this stuff is just that my interest is very much between the ropes and all of this other stuff is just background noise that is very very unnecessary I don't think it helps drum up a lot of this interest. And I think the reality for CM Punk fans at this point in time is regardless of what he does or says over the next however long he's going to be doing or saying things, the ones who are dyed in the wool are going to come back for him, and the ones that don't care are going to not. And that's just sort of how it goes with him. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. Nope. All right, let's move on. That's the end of we have the uh, the end of the news that we have today. I'll leave you to push the next segment. It's time for dinner before dynamite. Hmm. Kyle, what'd you eat? So, I didn't really eat dinner in a large way because I had a late lunch. And what my late lunch was, was my uh, girlfriend made some amazing Alfredo pockets. This was phyllo dough, Alfredo sauce, homemade Alfredo sauce, chicken, bacon, mushrooms, broccoli, just a whole bunch of stuff baked into the, uh, put into a pastry. I baked them. I ate them. They were very, very good. I have said this several times that this is an all-time great uh, meal that she has made. But yeah, that's what I ate. Yeah, that that sounds incredible. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I had two bacon cheeseburgers, so I just I kept it simple this week, man. I just dove right in. All right, so that is what we've got for dinner before dynamite. It's time for the Wednesday night round rundown. Warbow and Christian Cage cut promos that set up a match that's going to be happening at Double or Nothing. It's a ladder match. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen defeated Lee Moriarty and Big Bill in a tag match. 
Wardlow was interviewed backstage. He was attacked by Christian and Luchasaurus earlier. He was in the quote-unquote medical area. And Arn Anderson came in and said some Arn Anderson stuff. <laughs> we had an interview with Orange Cassidy. He appeared a couple times on this, but yeah, he appeared to be tired, but he will take all covers. Sammy Guevara defeated Exodus Prime in a very short match. Tony Storm and Ruby Soho defeated Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida in tag action. We had a segment where FTR tried to jump Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett and were attacked by just the whole group of them, and Karen Jarrett was there too. Orange Cassidy was backstage again, being interviewed by Renee again, and it was announced that when he said that they all comers were welcome to challenge him, apparently 20 people showed up, so there's going to be a 21 battle royal on the Double or Nothing pay-per-view in a couple weeks. Tony Khan then came out to make an announcement about Collision that we talked about before, in addition to announcing some of the early shows. Also noted that the first episode of Collision has not been set for, or hasn't been announced where it is yet, so that will probably be coming next week. Roderick Strong defeated Chris Jericho in a False Count Anywhere match. They really meant that. Jungle Boy defeated Roosh in a match. We had an MJF quote-unquote interview where he batted a mic away from Renee. We had a Tony Storm promo, where she challenged Jamie Hayter to a title match at Double or Nothing. Jay White defeated Ricky Starks by disqualification. Ricky Starks attacking Jay White with a chair after attacking Juice Robinson with said chair when Juice Robinson was the person who tried to make the chair attack first. Don Callis finally came out to talk about what he did with Kenny Omega. Blackpool Combat Club then came and jumped uh, and incensed Kenny Omega. Before the Elite came out to make the save, including Adam Hangman Page. And they announced Anarchy at the or Anarchy in the Arena for Double or Nothing. That was the rundown. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King. Literally. Our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, and that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram, and at Spear King Music on TikTok. Spear King. Music, media, and production. Rylan, do you have any honorable mentions today? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was cool that the pillars all looked pretty strong. Although uh, I will say the tag match with Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, it, I don't think it made sense. Like I understand what you're trying to do. You got your two champion, or sorry, you got your champion, your TV champion, whatever, and the, uh, your world champion contender tagging together. But like, I just felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. And, and don't get me wrong, I think the match itself was fine, but it just I didn't connect with that one. So like, um, yeah, 
Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. My honorable mention is the Sammy Guevara face turn seems to be in full effect, and especially here, he's you know he's from Texas. I think he's from Houston. I can't remember, but seemed to be very over with the crowd. Yep, we Th- tried- this was a good crowd tonight too. Yeah, he is from Houston. We've tried him as a, a face before. He wasn't a bad baby face. I think he just got caught up in that Cody Rhodes, uh, Dan Lambert, you know, mess, yes. and and immediately needed to be a heel afterwards. And then you know the whole stuff with with his his wife. The the internet is the worst part of the internet. Yeah, we'll move along to the lists themselves. Rylan, what is your number five? I had uh, Jay White and Ricky Starks here. I thought it was a good match. Disappointing ending, though. Like I, I don't mind the ending. Like, sorry, I don't want to jump all over you, but I don't mind the ending because I think we're setting something up for the pay per view. Sure, sure. I just like, I just have. It was a good like ten, twelve minute TV match. Like, and I was really invested in it. And just it, it I always hate when I we have an ending like that. So it, it sucked. But like for that part for me sucked. But other than that, I thought it was a good match. I think the DQ finish was fine. I think that, again, this has been a rivalry where they've been, you know, going after each other and causing disqualifications and no contests and whatever else has sort of happened with regards to this. It seems to be that that's sort of the direction that we're going to be going. And I imagine they're probably going to have some sort of like, no holds barred, extreme rules type of match. If the, I do think they're going to be booked on on double or nothing, and I do think that's the direction we're sort of going to go. I I do I do hope so. I do hope so. Jay, Jay White's a guy who I feel like it doesn't need the pre-show treatment, and nor does Ricky Starks anymore. No, I, like Ricky Starks, honestly, especially after uh, he caught fire last year, they really didn't strap the rocket to him like I thought they were going to. No, you're you're not wrong on that. I think he's, that was, he's been cooled significantly. It's a missed opportunity. Yep. And I hope that he, he gets to come back. He's a perfect example of a person who I think is going to be benefit, benefited by the, the brand split. I will say, if you wanted to go in another direction, you could put both of them in that 20-man battle royal. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that I... And one of them could win too. Like yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think that Orange Cassidy needs this title beyond double or nothing. Like he's he's done a fantastic job with it, but like what more is he gonna do? Yeah, I I think you're right, and I do think that oh, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll talk about it a little later because I have I have Orange Cassidy a little bit later on my list. Fair enough. You're number five. My number five. This is a down actually. You mentioned the pillars being booked strong. I don't think Jungle Boy was booked particularly strong today. I mean, like he, Roosh, no sold him a fair bit, ragdolled him around quite a lot. Like, I understand the sort of, I understand the idea of you know Roosh being we want to keep Roosh sort of strong or whatever it is, and I understand Jungle Boy's big thing is that he's resilient or however you want to do that, but. To me, this felt like he got battered a lot, and he's going to be in a title match. Like 
He's the guy who works from underneath, though. He's the Johnny Gargano of this match. Yes, but the big thing about that is that it would be like, you know, Johnny Gargano going to war with and barely being able to defeat, like, one of TM61. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just it felt like Roosh, not that he's not a good wrestler. Like, I think Roosh is an excellent wrestler. But he hasn't exactly been booked strong. No. Or at all. No, he's definitely been a rampager, a dark and dark elevation guy for the longest time. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of kind of stands to reason to me that, like, this was a situation where you probably could have just had Jungle Boy. At least, at very least, I don't think Ruth should have no sold his son of his offense. Yeah, that certainly. It's funny. Uh, over the last few weeks, I, uh, I'm like, I, over the last few months, really, um, myself and my girlfriend watch Dynamite together on the phone every week, right? And she doesn't say much, but she pays attention and she listens. And she, when she has a question, she asks. And whenever she has an opinion, though, it's always the hottest take, the the most ridiculous. Like, oh, I, I think you might be wrong, but like. Uh, it's hilarious coming from you. And this week we we're watching the, all the stuff with the pillars and she basically, she, she's going through all of them and she's talking about how she likes it in each individual one. Not so much Sam, uh, Sammy Guevara. Cause you know, she agrees he's got the most punchable face in pro wrestling, but jungle boy, she gets the jungle boy and she's just like average at best. Like, He's okay. He doesn't light my world on fire, though. So maybe this—I don't know. Maybe this is like a a sign that like this this is he's not going to be going over as strong in this match. Like I I feel like this is the he won with a roll up. Like forgive me, was it not a schoolboy that he won with? I mean, I uh, I suppose he did. He also grabbed the tights, though. Yeah, like that's my point. Is like I feel like now. Here's the thing about it. It's possible. I don't know. I don't want to get myself into like fantasy booking or whatever. Maybe this is built into a heel turn. It's possible. Like, but I, I feel like it would, it, I feel like it'd be left field. Yeah, I agree. But I, I don't know. I feel like it could work. It's fair. It's, uh, it, although, although they paid a lot of money for that theme song. And I think the theme song would have to go if you became a heel. Yeah, I agree. Or, or you just do like a uh, like a death metal version of it. <laughs> no, I, I think I think if, if we get a heel, I would be very disappointed if we don't get Hollywood Jack Perry. Now, yes, I agree. I agree. We'll move on. My number four. I always love it when we get something that happens on the AEW show that feels like a throwback to to Dynamites of yore, where things were just a lot more... I don't know. Sometimes Dynamite takes itself a little bit too seriously, and it's just time to have a little bit of fun. And the Chris Jericho-Roddy Strong match was fun. Brawled all over the place. This is exactly what I want out of a Falls Count Anywhere match. And going into the, into the concourse... Hitting each other with ice cream. Like, yeah, this was great. Yeah, I, I'm going to talk more about this later, but yeah, I agree. 100%. And and Adam Cole, you know, we're continuing to build towards that. I'm interested to see the direction they're going to go for that match, too. 
Because, you know, Roddy Strong just picked up a victory. I imagine we're getting Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. I just wonder the capacity. Anyway, we'll, we'll move along. That was my number four. Rallin, your number three. Uh, I, I still have my number four. Oh, sorry. Your number four. Uh, the women's tag match. I thought, I, much kind of like to what you said there, um, it, it reminded me of like uh, an early episode of Dynamite. The, the tag match there. It was just all these ladies had fire. The crowd was super hot for it. And I mean, it wasn't in its dreaded 915 time slot. So like, I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. I had this as my number three, so I'll continue to talk about it. Um, I didn't have the, the match necessarily as my number three alone. I do think it was it warranted inclusion. First of all, Hikaru Shida looked fantastic. In this yes. Match. Like she continues to be an MVP in every match that she's in. And I do hope that she doesn't get lost in the shuffle and that she gets one more opportunity to hold that championship. I kind of feel the same way about Nyla Rose, too. Like, that's another person I want to see hold that championship again. I mean, time will tell. But on top of on top of that, Tony Storm. Look, she, this heel character is doing wonders for her. And... I am all for angry Tony Storm. She has kind of been like her character in, in uh, WWE, and I guess I think on the Indies to a large part too, was very much a, like a too cool for school type, which makes me sound incredibly lame. But you know what I'm saying, right? She had some fire today. Yeah, she, she was. She she continues for me to be like somebody who came over from WWE, and I wasn't a huge fan of her, and she's turned me uh, turned me around on her completely. I think she's improved tenfold going over there and uh, continues to overachieve, I think. I'm very excited to see what is going to happen at this match. I do think that it makes a lot of sense for Jamie Hayter to retain, basically unless Hayter is like, needs to go away to deal with an injury. Hopefully it's just a, a knock that kept her out this week. Right. They did but- mention that. But yeah, it does appear that that was a le- she was legitimately hurt. We didn't get the details of it, but hopefully, hopefully it works for her and she's able to get back and and, and wrestle at the the double or nothing show because you know, I think those three would tear the house down. Agreed. My, that was my number three. Your number three. I had Roosh and Jungle Boy here. I thought that these guys had a really, really, really good match. Um. Jungle Boy, like as much as my girlfriend may think that he's average at best, I think he continues for me to impress me in the ring. I have a hard time with his mic stuff still. Uh, like I feel like he's gotten better, but it's just still not where I I, I would like him to be. But that being said, though, uh, his in ring is honestly over the last like I'd say six to eight months has improved so since the the Luchasaurus cage match really yeah I feel like he's been way more dominant in the ring he for a small guy I'm not I would have believed him tapping out Roosh you know what I mean it's not unbelievable even though he has a smaller frame than most of these guys just the way he works so I, I thought this was a really good match. Yeah, I like I, I do think the match quality was good. It just was surprising to me the way they booked it. Like I don't think like he has a, a submission finisher, you know? Yeah. 
I don't think that he should be going over with a schoolboy. De- definitely not. Definitely not. We'll move along. My number two. Low-key, since the pay-per-view, the MVP of this company has been Orange Cassidy. Week in, week out, he has come out, had absolute banger matches. Like, we have said, um, you in particular have said, on multiple occasions, okay, I think this is the week we should that he should lose. I think this is the week that he should lose. And he keeps winning, and it keeps being really good. Yeah. He, he keeps having great matches. Like, And also really elevating a lot of guys who we knew were good wrestlers, but, you know, kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Buddy Matthews had probably the best match that Jeff Jarrett's had in his tenure here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. His work, yeah, his work with a lot of people has been very, very good. I am enjoying this title reign. I do like the story they're telling, too, of him being the, he, he's the fighting champion who takes on all comers because he doesn't know any better. And he's just, he's going to, you know, fight until the very, very end. And then that's going to be about it, right? Right. I I think he is probably going to drop this title at the pay-per-view. Although, I wouldn't have a problem with him holding it for a little while longer. I, I'm, I, I'm with you on that, honestly. Like, like I said, you said, like, he... He's had matches where I'm like, yeah, he could definitely drop the title. And I think the particular one was the the Buddy Matthews one, just because of how big of a Buddy Matthews fan I am and just how that match was laid out. I felt so robbed by the end of that. But maybe that was by design. You know, maybe these matches have, have been very much so like that. So you have that glimmering hope of like, or not hope, but like, but, you know, wonder of like, man, is he actually going to be able to pull this off again? I will say this. Uh, it is cool that we got to see the crowning of him as the international champion live in person. But, man, as great as Pac was with, you know, in terms of his wrestling ability while he was holding this championship, they, would not, they wouldn't book him on main shows. Right. With defending this title. Which, you know, that is a, a travesty in itself. But Orange Cassidy's really elevated this title into a legitimate TV belt. I've like, and I'm starting to. Uh, I'm at the place, and it, which is a good timing, good timing for it to happen with the, the split of the two TV shows, because I do think the TNT Championship should be the one that goes on to Saturdays, and then this one should remain on Dynamite. But this title feels like that level of title. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a they- good sign. It's funny, when this title was first introduced, it was very, very, like, I think highly panned as just like, oh, another title. But as quickly, I think, rose above even the stature of the TNT title. Yeah. And it goes, you know, it goes to show, and you know, as much as I want to give Pac credit. And to be fair, the rivalry between the two was fantastic, too. Right. But the big thing is that... And it's interesting to note, um, do you remember when Orange Cassidy won that title? Uh, I do not. It was the first show in Canada. It was the Toronto show. Right, right, right. And the crowd went wild for that, that victory. But I'll give him a ton of credit. He is doing an excellent job of holding this championship. And 
whether or not he's going to pass it on, like whenever he does move the championship along, I think it's in a good place right now for you to be able to continue to elevate this belt's legacy. Uh, I fully agreed. And for a guy who had so many title opportunities, but was never quite able to go over that that hump, and you know, a lot of people saying like a character like him should never be a champion. Like, this is proof positive that a character like him should absolutely be a champion. Yeah, and and, and I, I like he's had a few opportunities at the world title before. I feel like this title has elevated not only. Are, has, has not only been elevated by his performances, but he's been elevated by having this title. And I could say see him going right back to the title picture Honestly, once he's wrapped up. Him versus MJF, low-key, would be a fire feud. I, I 100% agree. Um, and on top of that, like, honestly, dude, like, this is a guy who in very, very short, a very, very short time in 2023 is an early contender for Worker of the Year. Yeah. And we should probably we should probably add that as a category. But I we I think we need an unsung hero. Anyway, Orange Cassidy is my number two. What was your number two? I had Jericho and Roddy here. I thought this was like you said, so much fun. Like these guys battled to outside. Yeah. Now, as soon as they went outside, I did not expect Adam Cole to get the best of Jericho. I, I thought that the, the JAS was going to be out there. Um, I can't wait for Jericho's response to that next week. Yeah, he got beat in the dirt. Like, I, I, I thought, this was, again, really, really fun. Man, Roddy Strong is, is something else. Really, and, and, and he's not a guy either who's a spring chicken like but he moves so crisp so clean and him and jericho just i thought tore it up the thing that people like for i guess i don't know if they forget about it's like when he joined um undisputed era it was such a perfect fit yeah because all of those guys Despite the fact that they're all, you know, uh, you know, Bobby Fish is surprisingly a fair bit older as well. I think Kyle O'Reilly is younger than the rest of them. Yes, but still, yeah, he's thirty-six. Like, not that that's no. Again, I'm not saying that's that that's old, but you know, these guys, these guys aren't in the twenties anymore. Where, whereas I think they sort of were when they started the Undisputed Era. At least, uh, at least Kyle O'Reilly was, but. Yeah, it was such a perfect fit because it's these guys who have, you know, they're smaller, but they work really well together, have incredible work rate, big time strikers. And, you know, uh, the kind of move pool that you can't help but be really impressed with. And I'm excited to see Adam Cole coming back. I think there's so many possibilities there too, because I think he's another guy who they should really be heating up towards a title. Um, opportunity and because you know Adam Cole is to me Adam Cole is a guy who I cannot believe WWE missed on him yeah I know I, I, I'll i never understand that like this guy his everything it doesn't matter where they are he goes out there throws his fingers up the crowd goes nuts he's still the, he was the, he's the youngest member of Undisputed Era that's nuts like he's 33 Wow, I, I didn't realize Kyle O'Reilly was 36. Yeah. Well, my point is, like, it, it, the thing is, he, it feels like he's been wrestling forever. Yeah. But he was just really, really young when he started. But, yeah, full credit to He started in Ring of Honor in 2009. He was 20. 19 or 20. That's darn impressive. 
but yeah, he is he is a, the real deal. And I hope if he's fully back from the concussion stuff, strap a rocket to this guy. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. My number one was obvious. It was going to be difficult. I wasn't sure what my number one was going to be up until the segment at the end, but ah, uh, friendship, Ryland. Yes, is a day of friendship. Uh, the elite <laughs> returning, Hangman Page standing side by side. Just that you know, the handing of the the of the broom from Kenny to, to Hangman was was a huge gesture. Blackpool Combat Club finally, you know, getting pushed it down a bit. Yes. There's been a lot of Blackpool Combat Club getting one over on these guys and uh, Blind Man Page. He's no longer the Hangman. He's the Blind Man. Yeah. He... Uh, showed up with the eye patch. Uh, oh, th- this was seen at the house shows over the last week. Um, I completely forgot what they did to him. So when that, when I when he showed up with the eye patch, I, I had no idea where that came from. But it makes sense. Uh, I'm happy they're doing anarchy in the arena because honestly, like the promo that Tony Storm cut on on this show really leads me to believe we're getting blood and guts with the women. Yeah, I do. I think so, too. And I think that's the right call. Yeah. But this anarchy in the arena, like it was great the last time. It's going to be great again. No question about it. I... I don't know that we're going to get a moment topping Eddie Kingston with the gas can. But <laughs> Probably not. That, that I don't even think he knew how, how iconic that, that visual would be. But Anarchy in the Arena is... I'm excited for Also, my number one, this was a tremendous segment. Uh, this was... Like, Hangman just screamed his lines and... Uh, like I was so pumped, you know, I was so pumped when he called themselves the elite and it just, it was a really, really cool moment. What is something that I feel like has been lacking in AEW for a while and just a cool moment like this didn't need to be, you know, blood and guts. It didn't need to be high flying. It just needed to be, you know, a brawl and a quick little promo. And you could tell they were rushing to get off the air as fast as possible. Cause I think this went like two minutes over. Um, but I, not in a bad way. It just, it felt like a really chaotic brawl and I thought everybody looked really good coming out of it. I thought it was just awesome. Yeah. I think that I'm very excited to see what happens going forward. I'm interested to see how they're going to integrate Don Callis into this. Yeah. Cause they really didn't like tie him to the Blackpool combat club. No, team. we didn't. But, uh, I mean, t- time will tell. And also, mm, here's a thought. I wonder if we're going to see any Takeshita. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I there's a guy like, who could be I, on either side of this. That's true. Like, I, I was kind of expecting he was going to show up tonight, but it was, um, it was almost better that it was Hangman. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure who it was going to be, but I, I was excited to see it being Hangman. So that's what we've got. Um, how do you rate this show? I'm trying to be like as as conservative with these shows as possible because I feel like I don't want to throw too many fives and, and four point fives out there. But I think this is all four show. 
I, I think that there was, there was, you know, like there's a really cool moment at the end, and I think that gets a lot for it. Nothing offended me on this show, but nothing was like, you know, in, in, you know, awe-inspiring. Jericho and Roddy was really good, but all the other matches were, were just okay. They were good. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think this is a solid four show. It's a good builder towards the the pay-per-view. I think it, it gets a lot more interest in the pay-per-view, really rounds it together. And because I will say, I'm a little shaky about the direction we're going with the, the four pillars. I think the match is going to be great, so I don't super care about the story leading into it. The, the story is four pillars fatal four-way, right? Like, right. We don't need we don't need more than that. But I do think that story's a little bit on shaky ground this week. I don't think they did a lot to push it in an interesting direction. Though Guevara sort of confirming the face turn, I think is is an interesting direction. But I thought all the other feuds were elevated in a big way for this. And the matches that were announced, plus the matches that haven't been announced yet, I'm excited for everything. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really, really great double or nothing this year. I agree. So, Rylan, that is all that we have. I'll. How about I tell the people about the the online content that you're the places you can go to find our online content. Sure. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at WNWallup. If you want to find us on Facebook, search Wednesday at Wallop. Uh, our logo, our names, that's us. Instagram, you can find us at uh, WNWallop as well. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can do so at Kyle Wallop. I can actually say it without having to spell it now. Rylan, where can they find you on the Twitter machine? And they can find me at, at R-Y-A-M Sport, Re- Sport Report. This is uh, this has been great, Kyle, having you back. It's uh, we're, we're back into the swing of things. And we are headed towards Double or Nothing. Kyle, send the people home. Happy, sir. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you. And you have been walloped. <laughs>